Welcome to First Formation, spiritual exercise for Christian soldiers looking to get the fuck up and pray. Join Pew Pew HQ every weekday morning to hear the good news through grunts and with grunts in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. Psalm 28 To you, O Lord, I call, my rock, do not refuse to hear me. For if you are silent to me, I shall be like those who go down to the pit. Hear the voice of my supplication as I cry to you for help, as I lift up my hands toward your most holy sanctuary. Do not drag me away with the wicked, with those who are workers of evil, who speak peace with their neighbors while mischief is in their hearts. Repay them according to their work and according to the evil of their deeds. Repay them according to the work of their hands. Render them their due reward. Because they do not regard the works of the Lord or the work of his hands, he will break them down and build them up no more. Blessed be the Lord, for she has heard the sound of my pleadings. The Lord is my strength and my shield. In her my heart trusts. So I am helped, and my heart exults, and with my song I give thanks to her. The Lord is the strength of her people. She is the saving refuge of her anointed. O save your people and bless your heritage. Be their shepherd and carry them forever. Zechariah chapter 11, verses 4 through 17. Thus said the Lord my God, Be a shepherd of the flock doomed to slaughter. Those who buy them kill them and go unpunished. And those who sell them say, Blessed be the Lord, for I have become rich. And their own shepherds have no pity on them. For I will no longer have pity on the inhabitants of the Lord, of, of the earth, says the Lord. I will cause them, every one, to fall each into the hand of a neighbor, and each into the hand of the king, and they shall devastate the earth, and I will deliver no one from their hand. So, on behalf of the sheep merchants, I became the shepherd of the flock doomed to slaughter. I took two staffs, one I named Favor, the other I named Unity, and I tended the sheep. In one month I disposed of the three shepherds, for I had become impatient with them, and they also detested me. So I said, I will not be your shepherd. What is to die, let it die. What is to be destroyed, let it be destroyed. And let those that are left devour the flesh of one another. I took my staff favor and broke it, annulling the covenant that I had made with the peoples. So it was annulled on that day, and the sheep merchants who were watching me knew that it was the word of the Lord. I then said to them, If it seems right to you, give me my wages but if not, keep them. So they weighed out as many as my wages, thirty shekels of silver. Then the Lord said to me, Throw it into the treasury, this lordly price at which I was valued by them. So I took the thirty shekels of silver and threw them into the treasury in the house of the Lord. Then I broke my staff unity, annulling the family ties between Judah and Israel. Then the Lord said to me, Take once more the implements of a worthless shepherd. For I am now raising up in the land a shepherd who does not care for the perishing, or seek the wandering, or heal the maimed, or nourish the healthy, but devours the flesh of the fat ones, tearing off even their hoofs. O my worthless shepherd, who deserts the flock? May the sword strike his arm and his right eye. Let his arm be completely withered, his right eye utterly blinded. Revelation chapter 19, verses 1 through 9. 
After this I heard what seemed to be a loud voice of a great multitude in heaven saying, Hallelujah, salvation and glory and power to our God, for his judgments are true and just. He has judged the great whore who corrupted the earth with her fornication, and he has avenged on her the blood of his servants. Once more they said, Hallelujah, the smoke goes up from her forever and ever. And the twenty-four elders and the four living creatures fell down and worshipped God who was seated on the throne, saying, Amen, Hallelujah. And from the throne came a voice, saying, Praise our God, all you his servants, and all who fear him, small and great. Then I heard what seemed to be the voice of a great multitude, like the sound of many waters, and like the sound of mighty thunder peals, crying out, Hallelujah, for the Lord our God, the Almighty, reigns. Let us rejoice and exult and give him glory. For the marriage of the Lamb has come, and his bride has made herself ready. To her it has been granted to be clothed with fine linen, bright and pure. For the fine linen is the righteous deed of the saints. And the angel said to me, Write this, Blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said to me, These are the true words of God. Good morning and welcome to the 26th Tuesday after Pentecost. This is Brother Logan Isaac broadcasting from North Yarmouth, Maine. This morning's readings come to us from Psalm 28, Zechariah 11, and Revelation 19. But November 24th being the Feast of St. Menas of Egypt, also known as St. Mina or St. Minas of Egypt, uh, I thought I would talk about this saint uh, who is much more well-known uh, and popular in the Eastern Orthodox churches. Um, Orthodox churches, um, I, I, can't, I, I may cover this in Ponder Exchange, the episode, What is a Christian? How, um, it, right around the year 1000, the Roman Catholic Church in the West, also known as the Latin Church or the Western Church, split with the Orthodox Church, or what is known as the Orthodox Church, um, in Constantinople, uh, also known as Byzantium, in the East, and um, uh, they, the Orthodox churches have really interesting um, kind of trajectory, especially in terms of um, uh, soldiers and war. Um, the the same kind of ideas about power and, and violence and and penance and reconciliation are are just different. Um, but anyway, so the, the Eastern churches have a lot of, they have a much more highly developed theology around soldiering and the military, um, much more about like, they they venerate soldier saints. Uh, they don't go so far as to say, you know, like we might think of like the Crusades where it's like, um, or Jihad, where like every soldier is a martyr. That has been said actually of the the Western church. Anyway. Um, they have a much more developed uh, theology of spiritual warfare and the soldier saints and warrior saints. Um, and St. Mina is just really, it's much more, he's much more well-known, even though he came from the same time period as many of the other soldier saints you may have heard me mention here um, on First Formation, um, like Martin of Tours, um, Maximilian of Tebessa, um, St. Mina is also um, a young man right around the time when the Diocletian persecution occurs, which is about 303 to um, 
305, 306, some people think as late as 308. Um, but St. Mina, uh, and you'll recognize a pattern, uh, St. Mina was a young man whose father was in the military, and his father dies when he's somewhat young, and St. Mina volunteers for military service at 15. 15 is the age of conscription in the Roman army, and like many other soldier saints, because of fill-in-the-blank good looks, his father's reputation, whatever it is, he's got some uh, considerable rank. And this is believable. Uh, most of those um, who become soldier saints are officers in the, you know, under under the Diocletian persecution. Um, <clears throat> the and that the reason is that the officers are, you know, there's just more scrutiny. They're, you know, the the higher you go, the more attention and um, access and control that, you know, the, the emperor holds over you. Um, and so he wasn't, you know, the emperor's not going to be able, even if he wanted to, enforce the same kind of expectation on the lowest enlisted ranks, um, A, because they weren't usually citizens, and B, because it, there's just too many. Just like today, like every general or even, you know, the president, if he says everybody's, well, actually, that could actually happen. I could see that making its way down. But the American army is much more organized than the Roman army. Anyway, so St. Mina, um, uh, like many others, he's an officer. He's some kind of uh, high-ranking soldier. Um, he has a father in the military, which is also common. So it does sound like, you know, the record's on repeat, even though it's it's totally plausible that th this is true. Um, so St. Minus, um, his father dies shortly before he becomes 15. He enlists or he joins the military, the Roman military, and he's appointed to Phrygia or Al Algeria, somewhere in Egypt. In fact, um, he's born probably near Memphis in Egypt. Um, and there's a lot, you know, there's other Northern African saints like um, Maximilian, uh, the legend of Maurice of Thebes. Um, so these Northern African conscripts uh, see a lot of this enforcement of this uh, persecution against Christians. And it's unclear to me with St. Mina or Menas, I'm just going to say Mina, um, with St. Mina, um, when or why he left, um, David Wood has um, a bunch of military martyrs, including St. Mina. Um, but I, I wasn't able to really tell if he like got out because he objected to either idolatry or violence, or if he had some something like a leave of absence or something, because he leaves the army uh, after three years when he's 18, deciding to devote his whole life to Christ and becomes, a, you know, either a hermit or a monk. Um, I think he's a, a hermit, so he's following the school of Antony rather than um, Pacomius. Anyway, <clears throat> um, he is, then he has this vision where um, this voice tells him, um, you're going to receive three crowns, um, you know, using the, the idea, uh, the language of revelation and crowns and 
martyrdom, he's going to receive three crowns, one for his ascetic life, living off of nothing and you know, self-denial, one for celibacy, for not having sex, and another for his martyrdom. And this is where it gets just not entirely clear. After this vision, he is celibate and he has been ascetic for some amount of time. Um, and this vision, where he's told he's going to receive the crown of martyrdom, seems to inspire him to go back to the army or somehow like volunteer himself before his persecutors and therefore receive this crown of martyrdom. And sure enough, he's killed. And the legends state that he, you know he's burned, but uh, his body doesn't suffer any damage for three days and his body is recovered and then um, <clears throat> is found by none other than Constantine the First. Um, Constantine the Great, and a church is built, and he becomes a really popular saint after that. Um, the, the An even more confusing part, um, his, his, um, his vita, his passion, is the biography that we have that exists. They exist in, like, a ton of different languages, uh, ranging in time periods from as early as the 6th century, to as late as uh, about the year 1000. So there's a lot of evidence that he exists. He's probably a, an historical, you know, he probably really did exist. It wasn't just like Maurice of Thebes where it was so much of it was probably a fiction meant for something else. We can be reasonably sure he exists, but somewhere along the way, I don't know if it was his name or one of the legends attributed to him after his death. Um, and that's one thing that sets St. Mina apart, is that after he dies, a lot of miracles and healings are attributed to him, um, giving him kind of this nickname of the Wonder Worker. But it didn't happen while he was alive. It happened largely after he had died, and people would pray to um, Mina to help heal them. <clears throat> but somehow, the his his name or something gets confused or conflated with St. Christopher. And one of the legends has St. Mina carrying uh, uh, carrying Christ. I don't know if it's across a river or wherever. Um, and, but St. Christopher, it's a Christ child. With Christopher, he encounters this child on one side of the river. He, uh, he, understands that he's expected to carry this Christ or this child across the river, but the child is incredibly heavy and he gets heavier and heavier the more he goes through the river. Um, with Mina, I don't think it was a child. I think it was just he's carrying Christ. And the name Christopher is Christ bearer. Ofer, I guess the, the suffix <clears throat> is a way of saying um, a bearer or carrier. Um, and so the, the legend of Mina carrying Christ, um, earns him kind of the nickname or one of the nicknames of Christopher and St. Christopher is much more popular in the West than the East. And it's possible that St. Christopher is St. Mina or is like the West's version of St. Mina in the East. 
Um, so if you know of St. Christopher, he's also a soldier saint. Um, his feast day is some other time, I think like in July or something. But it's very possible that they're the same person. St. Christopher, who is um, uh, known as the Christ bearer, and this, you know, he crosses the river with a, um, with a child. He's the patron saint of travelers. He also was famously um, just kind of this guy who wanted to be known as kind of, you know, the biggest and baddest. Um, and he kind of gains this reputation. That's what, you know, earns him or, or attracts him to Christ because he hears that Christ um, was able to take the most, basically, beating. Um, I'll, I'll try to remember to talk more about Christopher on his own feast day, but there is a high likelihood that St. Mina, who is historically reliable, is in fact the same as St. Christopher, who um, we don't have as much historical data or, or evidence of. Um, the, he was really popularized in the 13th century Golden Legend by Jacob de Voragine, which is like this list of saints, but it was like comic book or like graphic novel kind of saints. So like they're all like superheroes, like that's where we get George and the Dragon, even though George was, there's no dragons. I mean, I'm sorry if I'm bursting anybody's bubbles. Um, but the the kind of legendary stuff uh, comes largely from the Golden Legend, and that's where the the most reliable or, or like, that's where most people get their St. Christopher stuff. So it's possible that St. Mina, whose feast day is today, um, and is much more well-known and revered in the Eastern Church, is the same as Christopher because of this story of carrying Christ and that meaning Christ-bearer. Christ-bearer then is simplified to Christ. Christopher, St. Christopher. Anyway, so um, maybe you know St. Christopher as a traveler. Um, and I, I know I see uh, medallions and necklaces and stuff all over. Um, it's very possible that he was, in fact, St. Mina and the soldier saint um, who uh, goes off to be a monk while kind of sort of still in the military and has his vision, then goes back in order to earn martyrdom by confessing his faith to his former or current commander. It's unclear. Um, if you want to learn more, there's more at David Woods's site. I'll try and um, put it in the show notes. Um, but it's really interesting to think about um, <clears throat> how some of these stories get crossed and the way that um, different communities can revere kind of different things about the same person. Um, but it's, it's one of those things that just um, it's hard to pin down as a lot of these things are, um, but I find it fascinating. I, and I hope that um, Christopher or Mina, whoever it is, um, that you might find it as as intriguing, uh, not just their own lives, but how the lives of soldier saints uh, get worked into the liturgy and traditions of of the church. A prayer for travelers from the Book of Common Prayer. O God, our Heavenly Father, whose glory fills the whole creation, and whose presence we find wherever we go, preserve those who travel, surround them with your loving care, protect them from any danger, and bring them in safe, safety to their journey's end. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Thank you for falling into First Formation where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, 
hardy folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. If you like what you've heard, you can participate in one of the three following ways. First, you can support the podcast at patreon.com slash pewpewhq. You can contribute as little as a dollar a month, and you can cancel at any time if I ever piss you off. Second, you can become a co-host by recording a lectionary reading for a future episode. Instructions will be provided, and you don't have to be a grunt to collaborate with PewPewHQ in this or any way. Finally, you can also record and send prayer requests of a minute or less. Prayers can be included in the episode, read anonymously if you wish, or kept private for me to pray for off-air. So there you have it, three ways to participate in First Formation. I hope you'll continue to listen, even if I can't convince you to jump in. This has been Brother Logan Isaac, always faithful, always family. Semper Familia.